the December Pensions Podcast from the Stevenson Harwood Pensions Law Team. You can subscribe and listen on iTunes, Stitcher and SoundCloud or by visiting our website at www.shlegal.com. I'm Stephen Richards, a partner in the pensions team, and I have with me Julia Cooper. Hello, Julia. Hi, Stephen. So Julia's an associate in our team, and today we're going to tell you about CDC, the deadline for PPF re-execution, and a couple of pensions ombudsman decisions. Our first point to note is relevant to pension schemes with PPF standard contingent asset agreements, which are either type A, which are guarantees, or type B, which are security agreements, and which are subject to a fixed cap. Such schemes will not be permitted to recertify these agreements for levy reduction purposes unless the agreement is on the PPF's current standard form. If your scheme is affected by this development, you should act now to ensure all necessary steps are taken by the 31st of March 2019 deadline to enable the PPF to take your scheme's contingent asset into account for levy calculation purposes. Stevenson Harwood can help if you require assistance with the re-execution process. So trustees and employers, check your PPF guarantees to see if there's a fixed cap. If there is, get in touch with us and uh, make sure that you get that updated. So the next development that we will touch upon is the consultation published by the DWP earlier in November about CDC, or what's known as Collective Defined Contribution Schemes. Consultation poses a number of questions on how collective CDC schemes may operate drawing on the experience of Royal Mail, which is seeking to establish such an arrangement. CDC schemes are intended to provide a target income at retirement, rather than the pension promise which must be funded, like DB schemes. Employers won't be required to fund the shortfall. The risks of the shortfall would fall on the members, as adjustments to member benefits would be made where the assets held are not sufficient to cover the original target income. This would result in target income being lowered accordingly where there's a shortfall. The consultation covers key areas such as the development of an authorisation process for CDC schemes, the need for evaluation to determine whether member benefits require an adjustment, and how to communicate with members about the potential for their benefits to be adjusted. Sounds like this is the beginning of a process for developing a framework for CDC schemes. There is still a long way to go, including the development of a coherent legislative structure in which collective-defined contribution schemes can operate. The Royal Mail example shows there may be an employer demand for collective-defined contribution schemes, but it remains to be seen whether these schemes will emerge as a market-standard vehicle for pension provision or be consigned to a small group of employers. To finish our podcast, we wanted to briefly discuss two pensions ombudsman cases. The first concerns Dr E, who was overpaid his pension. He argued that the trustees were not entitled to seek to recoup the overpayment as he had relied to his detriment on the additional funds. On the facts, the Ombudsman found that Dr E could not show a detrimental and irreversible change of position in reliance of the overpayments. The Ombudsman also found that the recoupment attempted by the pension scheme is not subject to the statutory six-year time limitation period. So I understand there was a further point raised in this case... So the Pensions Ombudsman commented on a particular section of the Pensions Act 1995, so that was section 91.6, and this broadly states that where a member disputes the amount of a pension recoupment, the trustees cannot recoup the overpaid pension unless they have an order from a competent court. So in the case of Burgess and Bick, it was suggested that the Ombudsman was not a competent court for these purposes. 
in the Dr. E determination, the Ombudsman suggested that it is a competent court which can be relied upon in contested recoupment claims. I think confirmation of this point is going to have to come from the courts uh, rather than the Ombudsman uh, before we get a settlement on this issue. The final Ombudsman decision that we want to talk about today concerned Mrs P who had received an incorrect pension quotation. So the Ombudsman did not find she could show detrimental reliance on the incorrect quotation and therefore she is not entitled to the incorrect amount. But the Ombudsman did find that she had suffered severe distress and inconvenience and she was therefore awarded £2,000 and this award reflects the growing trend of larger distress and inconvenience awards. That's all for this month's podcast. More detail on these topics can be found in the December snapshot sent out earlier this month or from your usual Stevenson Harwood Pensions Law team contact. Thanks for listening. We hope you found the podcast informative and don't forget that you can listen again and subscribe to the series on iTunes, Stitcher or SoundCloud or on the Stevenson Harwood website. <laughs>